Say Something, a video podcast so you can listen and watch. It's like sports talk or news talk, but it's life talk to help us walk the road together. I'm Kay, and thanks for joining me and a few of my friends as we contemplate societal issues and ideas, searching for truth so that together we can say something encouraging to folks walking alongside. Author Melanie Dale joins Pardon the Mess podcast Cynthia Yanoff and I to chat about calm parenting at any stage, even in a pandemic. Every day, and this started, I started this practice when my first was very, very small, that I would just take a deep breath, let it out, and release my hands into palms and say, God, they're yours. And so, so that palms up parenting is kind of this daily practice that I've had. And so it started when they were tiny and getting into things. And now that I'm parenting teenagers, I'm saying it for these big, these big choices that they're making. And these big... Thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. Welcome to... <laughs> to our latest say something car <laughs> say something carpool chat and we're doing really well here with this lovely book that is holding up our friend melanie dale melanie dale is an author speaker podcaster and mother of three children from three different continents she and her husband live in the atlanta area they have successfully kept their kids alive for a combined total of two hundred twenty-seven thousand seven hundred and sixty hours give or take melanie has appeared on numerous radio shows and podcasts and has been featured in articles in real simple the bump working mother the atlanta journal constitution and the la times Find Melanie at MelanieDale.com or at Melanie R. Dale on Instagram. And we're so, so excited that she is here for so many reasons. And so someone talked you into doing a parenting book, which I actually think is really fun because she has such a fresh approach to life. So her new book is called Calm the Heck Down. And what's the subtitle? How to Let Go and Lighten Up About Parenting. Oh. Yes, that's so good. I know. I'm already, I'm already sold. Yeah. She's sold and feeling better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> uh-huh. Light note. Okay, so something had to compel you to do it, and so tell us, tell us what it was. Yeah, this is my fourth book, and I've I've always written kind of parenting adjacent. You know, I write yeah. about our lives, I write about my kids. All of my books deal with parenting, but something about actually writing a parenting book in which there could be like literal advice from me about how to parent was terrifying to me. Um, but a few years ago, I was talking to my agent. She's like, hey, I've been thinking about how you don't want to write a parenting book uh, and what you could do. And I was like, um, okay, great. And I thought she was going to have this great idea of the next book that I could write. She said, what if you did it anyway? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Uh, okay. But but what happened was I started thinking about it. And just I was at, at my kid's tumbling class. You know, the little airless room they stick the parents in? So yeah. true. Before, before coronavirus, when you know when we could be in a room together, and, and so we were sitting in this room, and all the kids are tumbling, and I just pulled out the note section of my phone and started just with my thumbs typing, like, what if I were to write a parenting book? What would I even write so about? Good. What would it look like? And that actually part of that became kind of the intro for my book, Calm the Heck Down. And really, that that is the message that I have had to learn as a parent that I continue to learn now as we are mm-hmm. pandemic parenting. Um, and so if if I have a book that I want to give to parents who are kind of coming up right behind me. It's, it's how to calm the heck down and here are some strategies I've learned. So that's, that's what it became. That's, I love that. that's so good. And okay. So I just wrote an article tangentially related to what you just said, but it was uh, four tips from the oldest mom on the playground and having a kid that's like in high school. And now I have a middle one and then I have a little, 
it's an eye opener every time I go anywhere with my preschooler. I'm like, whew. But so I was going to ask you though, like, what do you know now from uh, as you're writing this, Great like, question. from your oldest kid to your youngest? That's what I was kind of writing on. Is like now knowing what I know. I wish somebody would have told me, which I wouldn't have listened. But what do you know now from the oldest to the youngest? What do you what do you do differently, or what would you recommend to people? I mean, I think the, the number one thing that I've learned, because I, I have a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and an almost 11-year-old at this point. And, and so there's a five-year spread between my kids. And, and definitely the thing that I've learned is, is to lower my expectations. Isn't <laughs> that the truth? Okay, yeah. expectations are brutal. They're they are, awful. They're brutal. And you go into parenting, like, with the bar here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like over time, it's just, I just keep, and honestly, you guys, I was thinking about it before, before we called, um, like, my youngest is almost like a feral child at this point. Yes. Like pandemic and, and virtual <laughs> school. I came, I came home yesterday, and she's barefoot in the yard, covered in mud, with, like, a lizard in each hand. <laughs> We live in Georgia on the edge of a, of a wetland. I'm in my office right now and I'm looking out the window and, and we back up to a wetland. So we have snakes and lizards and salamanders and I don't even know what's back there, but she does. And she's like in it. And so, you know, here we're like virtual schooling and I, I come in the driveway and she's got a lizard in each hand. I'm like, what do we call this biology class? I don't, I don't yes. know what this is, but, but I have lowered my expectations. And so whatever. That is, that is, I think the best advice out there. Yeah. And you know what? I have a senior in high school down to a four-year-old. So I feel your pain. And I literally just dropped my four-year-old four-year-old off at preschool. I forgot the nap mat and he's supposed to have a little brace on his hand because he's broken his arm twice in four months. And I forgot the brace and I'm like, oh my gosh, like total feral child. That's the perfect wording. Okay. But, but I know you and I know, so lowering the expectations is just so everyone hears it's not expectations on loving your kid. It's expectations as far as hitting these marks that are like not real. I remember going in because we have five and the gap is big. And by the time the fifth one came, I would show up at the pediatrician's office with no bag. You know, I had no diaper bag and I bought the premium Pampers size six when he was like, four months old so that I could put one diaper on him and it would last the whole day. Oh my and, gosh. But it worked, you know, it just, it wasn't a big deal. And that's what Melanie's talking about is like letting go of these expectations that you're only a good mom or you look like a good mom if, and so please keep going on that because that's one thing yes. I love about you the most is you just call it like it is and bring a breath of fresh air into the situation. Well, and to go along with that, I, I think, learning to lower my expectations and actually mourn the expectations I had for what I thought parenting was going to look like has actually freed me up to love my kids even more. Yeah. And I talk about that in the first chapter of Calm the Heck Down that, you know, it's it, mourning the expectations you had doesn't, doesn't mean that you don't love your kids. It actually frees you up to love the kids you actually have. Like when I mourn the expectations for the unicorn kids, the pretend kids that never existed in the first place, the this ideal I had for what parenting was going to look like and how I was going to be as a mom and how they were going to act as kids. When I mourn <laughs> that and let that go, I'm actually able to fall completely in love with these unique, incredible children that I actually have. Yeah. And so that has been huge for me as a parent um, and helping me learn to calm the heck down. And I will say, 
I did not write a book called Stay Calm. Like, I am not, some people are just naturally wired to be calm people, and I am not one of those people. Like, <laughs> I had to write a book called Calm the Heck Down because with each scenario that has come our way, I have had to figure out how do I achieve a state of calmness in this because I start up here and have to kind of move down. You know, some people are naturally serene, but that's not me. I've had to, like, work at it really hard. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love what you're talking about expectations too, because I think I, you hear a lot of people speak into expectations that are placed on us by other people or just by comparison. And we talk a lot about comparison in life, but really I think that's so honest to say the expectations we had, like mm -hmm. I feel the same way, like going into it, I expected it to look a certain way. And really uh, I expected my kids to, to follow a certain path, which of course they don't, that's not how it works. But I expected myself to be a certain kind of parent. And, uh, and, and on a good day, I, am that parent but most of the time I'm not and so I love just looking at all the places where expectations have been placed on us by ourselves by others by culture whatever that is and um, and then going back to you know the bigger picture of what's God's expectations and what's the bigger thing because the the culture is always changing what's good parenting what's the right thing to do but but God's standards are always the same and I think that's such a gift in parenting and so how, how has that worked in your life just through your faith in parenting what's that look like mm. with with my faith in parenting I've had to I've had to um develop the strategy I guess that I that I have developed with that I, I call it um palmed up parenting mm -hmm. um and and that is I guess the, the most daily practice that I have for kind of lowering my expectations and, and reminding myself that my kids are God's first um, and that I am stewarding their lives. And so every day I feel like my my hands want to clench into fists, okay. you know, and, I, and they're mine and I can control mm -hmm. this and I will handle this. And, and so every day, and this started, I started this practice when my first was very, very small, that I would just take a deep breath, let it out and release my hands into palms and say, God, they're yours. And so, so that palms up parenting is kind of this daily practice that I've had. And so it started when they were tiny and getting into things. And now that I'm parenting teenagers, I'm saying it for these big, these big choices that they're making and these big um, scenarios that they're figuring out how to navigate with relationships and friends and school and future. Um, and so just whenever I feel like I'm falling up into fits and like trying to like muster the the reins away from God and try to control the situation. I have to take a deep breath and relax and blow it out and say, God, they're yours. And that, that is so just good. The, the tangibleness so good. of using my hands and my breath yes. is something that I have needed on a daily basis. So. so good. I wish I'd done it more purposefully that way. Cause I think it would have helped me as bumps have come, even as they've gotten into the young adulthood um, to be able to go, nope, we held our hands open um, and this is okay. Is there anything else that you sit there and go, this really, even as you sat there in that room writing with your, you know, texting, what are the ones that really stood out to you? Hmm. Um, as they've gotten older, you know, and, and especially when they hit middle school and the drama really increases yes. and everything feels like so heightened. Um, I had to remind myself that uh, I've already been through junior high and I do not have to descend into the madness with them. So, so they they have their their drama and their big, big, big emotions that they're oh. experiencing. And, and I can walk with them through that. Mm -hmm. I can throw them a rope down into the pit, mm -hmm. but I don't have to go down in there with them. Yes. So um, that's been 
especially as they've gotten older, yep. a big thing. I think when they're little, it's easy for me to be like, I'm not going to have a tantrum on the floor with you. That's while you're so like, true. I don't, I don't feel tempted to do that. You know? Right. Um, I think I may have done it one time just to prove a point. So, like, this is what you look like right now. And they were, their little eyes got so much. Like, ah. <laughs> but um, that really only works once because after that, they just think it's cool. Like, you know, yeah. You get that one time for shock value. But but as they get older, um, I'm more tempted to, to dive mm -hmm. into the drama mm -hmm. with them. Like, she did what to you? Or, it's you know, so true. And they're launching all of that on you. It's easy to just, like, feel yourself ramp up as yeah. well. And so um, I have really um been striving to figure out ways to support them in their emotions without mimicking their emotions and getting down in there with them so a lot of it is also physical you know just drawing them a hot bath like here honey go have a soak and just chill out for a little bit or you know what you need to exercise let's go run around take a walk get out you know with their little do jumping jacks mm -hmm. with them get under we would make our kids run around the house three times oh like yeah reset the brain you know um, and so figuring out strategies, um, breathing strategies, uh, just, you know, taking in for a four count and letting out for a four count, you know, just different things to, to physically meet their needs without diving into the madness with them. Mm. It's tempting. How do you do, like, what are practical tips that you do yourself in that? Because I think it's hard. I mean, just because you feel it. It's a physical mm -hmm. feeling when you start to do it. Yeah. It's okay to put yourself in time out. And um, sometimes when I feel that I'm getting out of control and there's I, like, I just need a minute, I, I'll just run to the bathroom and just, you know, take a minute to, to get myself under control. Mommy's in timeout. Mommy needs a minute. <laughs> and uh, that helps, you know, because sometimes I just need, I know that if I stay in that situation, I'm going to explode or I'm going to go to the dark side and I just need to step out for a minute. Uh, mm -hmm. drink a glass of water um, and I also think you know this was not as big of a priority for me when I um, was younger but it has been especially as my kids are getting mm -hmm. older um, I have really had to prioritize just getting exercise on a regular basis and like that yep. can just be taking a walk like I just right before our interview I took a walk around the lake mm -hmm. with a couple friends um, we call them rage walks you know and we just like <laughs> get together and we spew and uh, we start off so upset and this and this and by the end we feel good and then we can kind of resume parenting with a clear head so um so i kind of have a running checklist about you know just my own stuff have i have i sat down and you know have i read the word of god recently sometimes i'm like gosh it's been a few days oops um so that's that's something that i have just in my daily practice um and then making sure that i'm talking with friends making sure that i'm getting regular exercise whether that's walking or my yoga class or whatever that is um making sure i'm drinking enough water yeah. um just you know i think taking care of our, ourselves is also really important um making sure i'm going to my therapist you know that mm -hmm. i'm actually getting my, my butt in that chair and talking through my own emotional mm -hmm. state so that i can be as healthy as possible as i'm then trying to parent kids mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. When you were saying that, it made me think of this. We say it in our house when you're talking about like not getting in the pit with them. My husband and I laugh about like someone said a long time ago, and I, we always use this, but like they can ride the roller coaster, but we're not going to get on. We'll st we'll get on the platform and we can maybe talk to them and say, maybe don't ride that, but we're not going to get on. And so whenever it gets crazy, yes, yeah. yes. I'm like, don't do it. But oh, my husband, like if he sees me getting engaged or whatever, he's like, 
on the platform only on the platform only i'm I like we're only getting but even this that. morning this middle school thing it's so funny you it said that bad. i was just watching my son's pep rally on facebook live or whatever because we can't go and he got called down in the middle of the pep rally to do something i don't know and i was like sweating on his behalf because i mean in middle school did you ever want to be called down in front of the entire group mm -hmm. i was like oh my gosh so Oh, parenting. Yeah. So, yeah. so with the, with the book, I, this is a question because I speak on a lot of parenting and write on it too. What have your kids said in response to you writing on parenting or have they read it? They had feedback? Yeah. yeah um, the older they've gotten, the more they've been in, in conversation with me as I'm writing about them, because I do think it gets dicey and I really want to protect them. So mm -hmm. I was really careful to, uh, use, you know, avoid pronouns, mm -hmm. you know, that would reveal mm -hmm. who I was talking about sometimes, or if I shared a story and attached a kid's name to it, I made sure and talked to them, mm -hmm. like, is this okay for me to share? At one point, one of my children, um, about one of the stories I share in the book, was like, can you make me not sound like this happened last year? Like, can you make me sound... <laughs> yeah. Like I was younger when this occurred because this makes me sound really bad. I was like, oh yeah, totally. Like, so I I changed it so that it it made it clear that it happened a, a while ago and this kid. Okay, uh, and so. Even as parents, I think that what you just said can actually be applied to any time you're sharing about your kids with anybody, because they are human beings and they yeah. really care. And as I I don't know. I just think that that it needs to be a safe place. You know, mm -hmm. our, our homes are a safe place. And I love that you did that in, in your writing with them too. Yeah. And I, I have a, a 16 year old and, and I, when I write about adoption and I now hand her those pages and go, did I get this right? Is mm -hmm. this, is this the way you feel? Is this okay for me to say? Yeah. And she'll, she'll read a few paragraphs, you know, as a 16 year old now she can look, be like, yes, this is an accurate. And yeah, I agree with this. This, this can go in or like, no, like, no, that's not it. You, you missed the mark on that one. So, so they're definitely involved in that. Um, I don't post photos of them on, in, on Instagram unless they have given me permission, yeah. which is funny because I have some of my kids are like, yes, you know, all the photos. And then one of my kids is like, absolutely not going to think about posting. Mine told me, my, uh, my high schooler told me the other day that um, after doing an Instagram live with somebody, she goes, that might've been social suicide. Be real careful. I was like, oh, oh my heavens. My so keeping it real. I know, it's so true. <laughs> I, I'm a special needs mom, so I, we've got some diagnoses up mm -hmm. in here. that, And so when I wrote my book, that's important to share with people because yeah. obviously if you're reading a parenting book for me, I, I need you to understand a little bit about totally. what we have going on in our house. But I was very... I, I did not get specifics. I did not, did not write out the diagnoses mm -hmm. because I, I wanted... I wanted my kids to have privacy in that area. So I kind of wrote and rewrote and rewrote that whole section mm -hmm. to make sure that I was sharing enough that the people reading my book can understand that I'm coming from a place of, of um, that we do have some ch special challenges in our mm -hmm. home, but but without just giving away all of my kids' stuff. Right. So that, was, that was really tricky, uh, trying to figure out how to share that, but I feel, I feel good about how it turned out. Yeah. yeah. As you've done this parenting in the pandemic, what what is something that has stood out for you with that? Because you have this great supplemental material called Parenting in the Pandemic, which I think is fantastic. Because it's, sadly, it's still going on, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So my book was supposed to come out in August. And then because of COVID, it got pushed to December 8th 
which I think is is a positive thing. As hard as that was to to have to cancel my book tour and to not be able to be with everyone this summer um, and, and getting this book in everyone's hands, I do think that you know just everybody. Um, it's we've been reeling this year, and it's been challenging to kind of figure out our footing. And so, um, in because of COVID, there was this whole new thing to learn how to calm the heck down about. So. This summer, instead of launching my book, I sat down and wrote a little ebook called Pandemic Parenting, um, How to Calm Down When the World's Messed Up. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it was just some, so I wanted to offer some funny stories of what have we, what's transpired in my home since lockdown. Um, and then also give some strategies that have been working for us in the pandemic. And so that is available for free for anyone who pre-orders Calm the Heck Down from anywhere, if you go to my website, melaniedale.com, there is a place where you can right upload there. the receipt for Calm the Heck Down, and mm -hmm. you will immediately be emailed the ebook, Pandemic Parenting. Perfect. And it's just, it's a, it's a, it was a fun little thing that I did. I mean, we have stories from just even, you know, when everyone's home and on top of each other, mm -hmm. how do you find time for intimacy with your husband? <laughs> and so, I mean, we like, I mean, I've got some pretty funny stories of just like at one point we made all the kids go out in the driveway and wash the cars for like 20 minutes. And my that husband is hilarious. ran upstairs. We were like, and he starts being like, oh, baby, I love you. And I'm like, no time. No. <laughs> and even your hilarious stuff about the lunch lady is just so, I mean, really being the lunch lady has been a nightmare. I don't know about you, but I'm sick of food. Like I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm <laughs> sick yeah. of it. Because one way that I have lowered my expectations normally is I just load up my kids' lunch accounts and they go to school mm -hmm. and school feeds them. And that is one meal I don't worry about. And so with the pandemic, all of a sudden I'm like, why are you looking at me at noon every day? What do you want? Oh, food. Food. Oh, yeah. food. Okay. Um, so, so this, this uh, pandemic parenting ebook was really fun to put together and and one thing if, um, I'll share with you that, that's in it that I've been doing during the pandemic that, is, that has been so helpful for me um, is I have an acronym called GRACE. I was just about to ask you about this because I love, love, love it. It's so good. Okay. Well, it has been keeping me uh, a little bit sane. Yeah. Sort of. um, and, and I really do it every day and I, I, and I post my GRACE acronym in my Insta stories almost every night. Um, and it's just a way to check in and make sure if we're still doing okay. So grace stands for gratitude. So I'm gonna say, what am I grateful for that day? And, and uh, when we have family dinner, I'm making my kids go around and say what they're grateful for as well. So gratitude, the second one is read. Um, I'm trying to still still read. I'm yeah. reading fiction, I'm reading, you know, whatever I can get my hands on, just uh, anything besides more articles about coronavirus or the election like just new, I, you know, the news cycle i'm up all night every night reading about like what are the numbers in my county and uh, how many people have died and so to kind of get myself off that crazy train i'm i'm like trying to go nope i'm gonna read a book so what book am i reading so so gratitude read um adapt and that you know obviously this is the time and we keep hearing words like new normal and pivot and um and so like how are we adapting to to what's happening now and so whether that's our virtual school stuff or mask wearing or sometimes honestly it's how i failed to adapt but just like i'm paying attention to how am i adapting every day what do i need to do to get better to adapt um and and i'll one thing i talk about in my in the pandemic parenting ebook is the idea of embracing second best options mm -hmm. because um 
it's, you know, a lot of times right now we're living in a, in a time of second best. It's not our first choice. So how do we embrace whatever the second best option is that we have to work with? Um, so adapt is the third one. And then the C stands for create. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe that we are all in some way creative and, and we are made in the image of our creator. And so whether that is you're trying out a new recipe or you're baking a pan of brownies, or for me, a big one is writing. And so am I, am I sitting down and am I writing and getting my word count every day? Uh, whether I feel like it or not, am I creating? I want to be stringing words together. Um, this wall behind me during the, the shelter in place time in April, I was like ripping apart pages of Dracula and like wallpapering my wall. <laughs> with that, I couldn't write. I was so distracted. I was like, I'm going to wallpaper a wall. And that was my creation for that week. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's- and then the E stands for engage. So um, we, we have got to figure out how to engage with one another. Mm-hmm. And so whether that is a Zoom call with people or you're like, sitting six feet apart with your neighbors outside. Um, I, we have a thing I call Church of the Fire Pit where every Saturday night through this whole uh, coronavirus time, we've gotten together with a few neighbors and sat around their fire pit uh, six feet apart and we just hang out for a couple hours and it's like our reward at the end of a long week that we get to have that time. Um, and, and, and then Engage also includes like serving. How are we serving our community right now? So um, I, I me and the kids masked up and we went and served at our local donation center for foster kids and, and sorted clothes and our masks for a couple of hours the other day. Um, you know, are you, you, know, you get together toiletries for people who need it. You can go mm-hmm. see if there's a senior citizen who can't get out of their home right now, who needs something you could drop off or deliver things. So um, how are we engaging our communities as well as how are we engaging with one another? So great. And, and that is so good. I'm using literally every day. And that has been really helpful. That's just so encouraging too, because like, that that came out of COVID, that right there, we can celebrate that. All, that that would not have come out of COVID. I just look at these places in all of our lives, parenting and otherwise, even in my kids, where we can look at it and say, okay, this has been really hard, but look at God's goodness to feed us these new things that we wouldn't have seen but for COVID. And so I think that's been, that's been a, a sweet little gift, and obviously for y'all. What would you tell yourself now, a year ago now, about if you knew, if you knew you were going into COVID, what could you tell yourself having experienced it, if that makes sense? That is such a good question. The first thing that pops my mind is like, hug everyone. Yeah. Hug so like, in fact, it's so funny. In the face. I don't know, like, just like get in there. And yes. I miss that so much. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm, I'm a touchy person. I'm very cuddly with my friends. And I really miss human contact. I do yeah. too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, it's like I have too much contact with my kids and not enough with everyone else. Yes. It's so true. I want to be able to tell myself this too shall pass, but we haven't quite gotten there yet. So the thing about this too shall pass, I think it makes you not live the day that you have. I think it's so important to not be going, Oh, when this is over, when Mm -hmm. this is over. And I love that you've been meeting it right where it is, Melanie. And you're such an encouragement and you're just, it's just really been fun. And I love your grace thing. And I hope people will go and Mm -hmm. we'll put like right here. You can see Melanie's website, Melanie's, um, Instagram. It's really worth following because it's just fun. And um, what would be just as as we leave today, do you have like kind of your takeaway that you go, this is really my favorite thing from Calm the Heck Down and um, share on the other side of even writing it going, this is why, this is why I wanted to, this is why this was put on my plate. Yeah. Um, The thing that gets me the most excited about Calm the Heck Down is because I know in my own life right now, 
I am looking to moms a little bit ahead of me, the moms who have the juniors and seniors in high school, the empty nesters, the college bound kids, like those are the moms who I am, I am just constantly talking to, wanting to hear from, because they are helping me calm down about the next phase of life that I'm moving into. And so for me to get to provide that for moms who are a little bit before me is, uh, is such a privilege and honor. And it's what makes me excited that, that moms who have kids, middle school, all the way down to babies, that they can read my book. And if they can clean, uh, if they can laugh, first of all, I, I, I tried so hard to make it funny, you guys. It's a funny book. Um, and so if, if it can make you laugh and make you feel like you're not alone, and if it can uh, give you some great strategies for how to calm down in the middle of all of these hard things, because parenting is so hard. No matter what phase you're in, it's hard. It can be really hard, um, but but it also, uh, there's there's so much joy that we can glean from it. So if, it, if I can make you laugh and if I can help you calm down where you are, then I have succeeded with this book. So that's really why I'm really excited for Oh, you did that for me today, just chatting with you. I so we're yeah. so glad to chat. Thank you. I think you. I just love you, and so thank you for spending some time with us. And um, we just pray blessings upon upon this great book. And and so in this, even from this chat, we just hope that you got something that you can turn to the person next to you and possibly say something encouraging about expectations or about laughter or about just enjoying the day and caring about the people that are next to you. And so go say something today. And Melanie, until next time, love you. Love you too. Goodbye, everybody. Our very special thanks to Melanie Dale. Connect with Melanie at MelanieDale.com or at Melanie R. Dale on Instagram. Pre-order Melanie's new book and get Pandemic Parenting for free. And be sure to connect with Cynthia Yanoff on Pardon the Mess podcast. And a very special thanks to you. Want to stay connected? Visit SaySomethingShow.com and sign up to our mailing list. Or check us out on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, listen on Apple Podcasts, or check out our channel on Truly Media. See you next time on Say Something.